The Faculty Futures Lab is a project of the SDSU Initiative for Inclusive Leadership, a faculty-led effort to grow capacity to lead within institutions of higher education in complex and uncertain times. Funded by the President's Budget Advisory Committee. Learn more at fa.sdsu.edu. All guests speak from their own expertise and experience, not for San Diego State University. Welcome everyone. I'm Allison Vaughn. I'm a faculty member here at SDSU in the Department of Psychology, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hi everyone, I'm Mike Borkstrom. I'm part of the faculty in English and Comparative Literature here at SDSU. Hi, Mike. Hey, Allison. I'm so glad to get to work with you on this project. Me too. Um, today, we're going to be talking about some of the less tangible ramifications of the COVID-19 pandemic and its effect on our campus, namely what it means for us to work in a virtual environment apart from our colleagues and friends. So in this episode, we're less interested in offering listeners specific tips or advice and more interested rather in having a conversation about these issues. We wanted to hear what folks are thinking about the social consequences of the pandemic. So how do we find and sustain community? Are there any silver linings to working away from campus? Yeah, we both thought that this is an important aspect of the pandemic that's been sort of hard to reckon with. So we brought together a great group to talk about these issues. We're really pleased to welcome Emilio Ulloa, Associate Dean of Students and Campus Climate here at SDSU. Thanks for joining the conversation, Emilio. Thanks for having me. It's gonna be fun. And we're really pleased to welcome Jessica Pressman, a faculty member in the Department of English and Comparative Literature and co-director and co-founder of the Digital Humanities Initiative here at SDSU. Thanks so much for joining us, Jessica. My pleasure, thank you for including me. Welcome everyone. So yeah, welcome, and thank you again for agreeing to do this. Um, before we get started with questions for our guests, though, Mike and I wanted to explain what drew us to this topic. So we're what you might call incidental colleagues, um, faculty members who are not part of the same unit, but who have worked together as part of various initiatives here on campus over the years. Um, so we met as part of the LGBTQ Research Consortium a number of years ago, even though we do very different scholarship, very different research. Um, and when we started... Uh, and we kind of have become friends um, over that time. And when we started discussing potential podcast topics, we realized that we somehow wanted to talk about how relationships on campus were being affected, right? We missed seeing each other and things like Zoom and phone calls, although something are not quite the replacement for bumping into each other on campus, making that Starbucks date, something along those lines. Yeah, that's right. Allison and I talked a lot about what we're all missing in terms of interpersonal relationships. Uh, like Allison said, all of those opportunities to say hello to colleagues, to say hello to friends as you're walking across campus or running into folks when you're catching coffee or even just sort of catching up at various meetings. All of those dynamics have changed. And we were missing some of the ebbs and flows of what you know, a, a sort of regular semester on campus felt like the ability to share in the anxieties and the excitement over starting a new semester, the parking difficulties that usually happen during the first few weeks, just the underlying rhythms of the academic year itself. 
And over the past several months, we've been focusing for good reason on the basic functioning of the university, right? Namely, how are we going to teach our students? How do we secure the resources we need for our research and for our scholarship? How do we continue the administrative work and service of the university? But alongside these topics, we also wanna know what does not working on campus actually mean for all of us, right? So we invited some of our friends and some of our colleagues to, to talk about these issues. Um, so let's start with a couple of basic questions. Are you missing working on campus, right? And have you developed any strategies to mitigate what's been lost, um, either socially or otherwise, as a result of the pandemic? So I, I'll jump right in if you don't mm -hmm. mind, Emilio. Um, the, the answers are resounding yes for me. Um, I, I sort of had a, a sense of profound loss in this, partly because um, I've always... Uh, I've always seen myself as a, as a primarily relational kind of uh, uh, faculty member, administrator, uh, employee, and professional. And there's a there's a, a, an intense um, reliance on the, the physical interactions and the and the um, sort of interpersonal interactions that I have with others. Um, I don't know if I gravitate that way because I like it or if it's effective, but either way, when I don't have it, um, I just, it's, I, I'm missing that. I'm, I'm one of these people who loves to go to work. I don't like to work per se, <laughs> but I like to go to work and, uh, and I don't have that anymore. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm in particular, I'm kind of missing that a lot. I agree about that. This is Jessica, um, the going to work. Uh, I have a long commute actually to work and I usually hate it, but I actually miss it now because it's a transition and it's a transition that allows me to prepare and think and get ready to, you know, walk into my office where I'm a professor at home with the kids and everything running around. I'm not a professor, right? <laughs> like, so there's something about going to my office and, and um, donning that role and being ready to take on that professional identity. And I certainly miss the sociality of it too. That's what I'm keenly aware of is that um, I can do the work of teaching and research and even service on Zoom, but all of the pleasure of asking for support, asking advice in the hallways, um, the collaborative and collective feeling of learning together from my, from my colleagues especially, that is, is, it feels like a real loss. And I'm, I'm struggling to, to find ways to, um, to connect and, and seek that kind of support uh, online. So how are you making and finding community? So you said, you know, I think a lot of us, we miss the running into somebody, bumping into somebody, um, whether it's in your building or across campus. But Jessica, you said you were struggling with that. Are there things that you're doing to reach out to others or have others reached out to you? I have a lot of text message chains, including with Mike Borgstrom here, um, which have been really helpful. Um, and yeah, kept me sane and kept me, um, I think, doing the best job possible. Um, and in, in some ways, like to find the silver lining as you're asking us to do, um, that those text message with individual colleagues have allowed a kind of real um, intimacy that I don't think we have necessarily in the hallways of campus when others are around. So, but, and it has forced me in some ways to be more, more proactive to reach out to a colleague and say, I'm struggling or I need help or do you have advice um, on this? So that's, I think that's been 
you know, helpful. We haven't had, um, there hasn't been as much like top down administrative or departmental um, kinds of events uh, for collective sharing, which, which might be nice as well, but it has been um, a kind of individual effort, I would say. Yeah, That's I think really interesting. Yeah, Emilio. So, yeah, I was just going to echo one of those things and, and add one more. The texting is something that I've um, uh, leaned heavily on as well. I sort of have, and I, and I agree that there's there is indeed a more intimate uh, nature to that than than Zoom. I've also sort of tried to reframe the Zoom um, uh, uh, utility. Um, just for myself that I will, I've tried to schedule, it's awkward, but it's something. I've tried to schedule coffees with people um, where normally I would, you know, say, would you like to meet at, at uh, you know, the Starbucks on campus or the, uh, you know, the other one, I forget the name. Um, and, <laughs> and now I find myself sort of being a little less afraid of the awkwardness and saying, let's schedule a coffee virtually. I'll bring bring mine, you bring yours and, and let's have it. And it's usually something I try to do with people I know um, that I'm trying to get to know um, as opposed to those who I, I already know rather uh, well. Um, the other thing that, that I've done, and it may be less comfortable for some people, um, but for some, for some, we have agreed to do a little bit more of a, 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 a physical endeavor. We, 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 for some of my friends who are who want to be active or who are active, we've agreed to meet at a, at a park with our masks to walk in the same direction, but six feet apart from one another. When we can hear each other and we can talk, um, we're still missing some of those uh, uh, physical and, and nonverbal cues because we're not looking at one another, um, but it's still, it just feels a little bit better. And so I've had a few takers on, on that and we've had nice long walks at Lake Murray or the, the Bay or that sort of thing to just sort of catch up and, and create that, that social connection. This is Jessica. I just love that idea of the scheduled coffee dates. And I actually think that would be so great to just have like a department coffee date or a, depart, a, a coffee date for the grad students, just like an open, you know, a Wednesday, I'm going to bring that to the department. I love that. That's a great idea. And I know for our department, we've had our grad advisor is trying to reach out um, and make an effort uh, and asking the faculty, especially to, to reach out to grad students. Um, and I think through all of this, again, we keep coming back. We're here for students. Most of us love and care for students. Mike and I sat back at the beginning of this and, and thought, what what about us? Like, what about the faculty? So I think we're doing a really good job. We're trying, right? Most of us are trying. We're trying to reach out to the students in our class. They'll reach out to the students in our labs, our grad students, our undergrads, advising all of these things. Um, but I think we need to look out for each other as well, right? Um, because there is, there's not that same relationship. Like our department chair doesn't feel that relationship. Our deans don't feel that relationship with us that we feel towards our students. And so to make sure that you're reaching out to your peers, to your colleagues, to folks in your department or across departments. How are you, <laughs> right? I think is really important, but it does take, I feel it does take that little extra step, right? Because I do get worried when I say, hey, Emilio, do you want to do another Zoom? Some people are like, another Zoom. Right. But if I were to say, hey, would you like to have coffee with me? it happens to be on Zoom, that feels a little different, right? That feels like that, that social relationship building, which is a good thing. 
Emilio. Yeah, so I, I picked up on something that you said, Allison, that's really important to me and maybe it will resonate with some of you, is it that um, I'm a bit of a nerd in this aspect and that SDSU is my community. Um, I, you know, I've been with the campus for a number of years, which I will not disclose at this point. Um, and I went to school here. And so a lot of my, a lot of where I get my social connections is from this place. And so um, I'm, uh, you know, I want to continue to reinvest into that, um, into that network, into that community, because it's part of, uh, it's part of my world and it's part of uh, what keeps me sane. Um, it's not easy to just turn it off. So, so it's not necessarily for me about you sort of the professional side of this and we need to take care of it one another as faculty. It means a little bit more to me. It's, these are my friends. This is my community. This is who I interact with. Um, so, yeah. Emilio, I've got a question about that, actually. Is that is that something that you knew uh, intuitively before the pandemic hit? Or is this like one of the unintended... I'm hesitant to say benefits, but one of the one of the upsides of the pandemic itself, like it, what you're talking about is a kind of insight that goes way beyond just like nuts and bolts on how to survive. Like part of what it sounds like you're describing is the way in which our work itself relies on relationships. And we don't always recognize that fact. And I'm thinking that about that maybe even most particularly in terms of the humanities where I locate my work, where much of our research, much of our scholarship is done by ourselves in silos. And yet what the pandemic has really shown me is that so much of how I generate ideas and think about scholarship is absolutely tied to the relationships I have to the people around me. A casual conversation in the hall, being able to, you know, walk down two feet and see my friend Jessica Pressman. I mean, that stuff is gone. And even though I'm mourning it right now, it also has ironically made me appreciate the fact that those kinds of intangible aspects of what it means to work on campus are really crucial to the work that we do. Yeah, well, I'm going to give you a bit of a nuanced answer to that. I think I, I won't lie that 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 I, I was aware of how important that was to me and and uh, how it fit into my personality and 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 what I value. Um, but you're right in that the, the pandemic has sort of brought it into uh, 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 focus more, um, especially you know when you start to realize what you miss. Uh, um, but you know, I, I didn't. I, I have reflected on that often. I'll, I'll share with you sort of a, a, a little story that my I have a, a teenage daughter who will sometimes visit me, visit with me on campus to do certain things. Um, and she teases me all the time because uh, she, she says, I can't go 10 feet on campus without stopping to talk to a colleague or say hello or have a conversation. And I love that about being on campus. Um, and she just thinks it's hilarious. And that we, and then it takes us 30 minutes to get across campus because of it. <laughs> I mean, that is lost, right? Like, you don't have to schedule all of those things to run into people. Um, you know, with my work on Senate, I would run into Larry Verity all over campus. That man was all over campus. Now he's retired, but it's the bumping into folks, the running into folks now. I know Jessica. And so if when we get back to campus, I look forward to bumping into you across the quad somewhere, right? But it's like little things like that that sort of 
bring a smile to your day. You didn't expect to bump into them. You weren't planning on having coffee, but you say hi, you say hello, and it, it deepens that connection. And I would say, this is Jessica again, I would say it also um, affects my research, building off what Mike was saying, um, is that I, I'm recognizing the sociality of my research as well, um, which I've always said, and I've always had a collaborative spirit, but more so in terms of bumping into people and being able to ask a quick question, like, what do you think of this? Or how do you do this? Or do you know this person? Or have you thought about this press? Right, those kinds of quick questions that I don't even think about um, in my daily routine. Now I'm, you know, now they've taken on a whole new heft, and and those are part of doing um, research and publication, and uh, and that's hard. That's that's actually a lack. Just would you have, how would you describe what that is? What is what is that quality that is is missing? Is it like is it camaraderie, or is it something else? I'm not even sure what the word is to describe. Um, what you're pointing our attention to apart from what it, what it, what it lacks. I think you said it. <laughs> I think you said it was about the social dimension of humanities research, especially since we have this ironic um, idea that we, we are individual scholars that produce monographs and work in isolation, et cetera. But actually when you pointed out that you're realizing how social that that work is, it goes down to not just peer review and conferences and those kinds of things, but the minute um, interactions that happen on campus. So I would actually say, yeah, camaraderie, but even the sociality of research. I mean, the little ways in which this is going to, is affecting the way that we work and the way we research. I don't know how you study that, but I know that it's real. I can feel it. Yeah, I think this is an opportunity, uh, Allison, for the social psychologists in the room to kind of speak to this, right? I, I was just thinking, as you said that, is that we, we've got our sort of uh, uh, mental network of, of ideas and nodes, and um, they sit there, but there are connections to it. And sometimes the stimulus, the different stimulus in your environment kicks something off, yeah. right? It reminds you of something that reminds you of something that what you wouldn't have been able to access otherwise, and so that's kind of what we're missing as well. Is there, there, there's just far less stimuli in our environment to do that. And faces do that. People do that. Offices, spaces, things you see do that. And uh, I, I think that's a, probably a part of it as well. Yeah, it feels very gestalt, right? Like there's four of us and we can each have an opinion, answer questions. I'm thinking of like, right, your classic freshman or sophomore assignment. Where they're like, go talk to a faculty member and ask them these questions. So I love and dis, dislike that assignment all at the same time. They're like, you can just answer these on email. I'm like, well, I could, but the answers that I give you on email are going to be very different than if you were to come into my office or catch me on a Zoom meeting or a phone call because the four of us can answer these questions on paper or via email very differently than if we're talking and something that Jess says springs something that Mike says, springs that something Emilio says that all comes back around to what I was saying. And then we all kind of build off of that, that, that kind of gestalt, those, the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, that's missing, right? And as the social, as one of the social psychologists of the bench, right? Like there is this concept of social facilitation that we do help each other out. We build each other's performance. We, we facilitate in the things that we're doing just by being around each other. So I can think, what would Mike say? But it's very different than if I have Mike there and he's saying the thing as opposed to what I'm thinking he's saying, right? And again, all of that is missing when you're not 
around each other. Yeah, and I think it's very much about affect too. I mean, I'm realizing even just looking at Mike, like I talk to Mike on the phone and text him, but even just seeing his face on on screen, it it it, it it's a different kind of interaction. And certainly when I'm in the hallways, I can there's a kind of feeling of if I if I suggest an idea to him and he responds with the smile and the kind of little laugh, I know it's a good idea and I'm going to go pursue it further, right? So there there is that kind of effective dimension also that's that um that i think we're missing and that is is important to to recognize i think that's a really interesting point jess and and i've I've thought about that more i guess in terms of what's been happening with teaching like to have these two-dimensional images in front of me all the time doesn't at all make up for you know the 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 three-dimensional flesh of actual interactions with students and the ways that that carries through to our interactions with each other is also like really compromised um it's uh it's difficult to know uh in my mind how this is going to be resolved in some ways when we are all back on campus i i kind of wonder if we're going to have an awkward period of time where we don't know how to actually interact with each other anymore in a way that is not kind of tweenish, you know, like sniffing around everybody and trying to figure out who is who. Um, and and so I, I think that like Emilio's idea of when we asked about the, the ways in which we might be making or finding community now, the, the virtual coffee date will help to mitigate future awkwardness in some ways. And uh I have to say, I'm at a loss to think of comparable ways in which we facilitate those ongoing interpersonal exchanges that uh, will help us when we get back to, you know, in-person life again. So I don't know, uh, Allison or Jessica, if there are other ways in which you've been trying to, like, actively create some kind of sense of, I guess, community that has been, that's been compromised as a result of, of this, this situation. Jess, did you want to jump in? Well, I, I would just say, I, I mean, I've found um, that certainly the text message and the phone calls, what they do is, is it's a whole new level of intimacy, I would say, is that all of a sudden, the, the few colleagues that I've decided to reach out to and ask for support, I will say, or friendship, have immediately become really close friends, no longer um, just colleagues, no longer just on that professional level. Um, so it's completely shifted to um, uh, in, a, in a real kind of, of need and connection that I do think will carry over and perhaps be a kind of um, new dimensionality to to being com- to the camaraderie. Yeah, I know for me, I've I've to the degree that people are comfortable, like Emilio said, with the face to face meetups, I've tried to reestablish some of those. Um, and so as Emilio knows, um, and he does too, I, I love to bake. Um, and so in the department, I love to bake and then I love to bring it to the department because I don't, I don't want to eat an entire cake, but I'll eat a piece of cake. I'll eat a cupcake. I'll eat a slice of bread. I'll eat one cookie. And then I want to bring it in and give it to my grad students, give it to my TAs, give it to my colleagues. And so when I was feeling that urge, like I connect with food and we're like, we're not supposed to go to restaurants and eat with each other. We're not supposed to eat with other people outside of our house at all. This is all supposed to be bad stuff, right? I'm like, oh, I need to bake something. So 
this summer a couple of times I baked and then I drove it around. So Emilio got lemon bars, Lisa Kath got lemon bars, Red Miller Prison got lemon bars. So I was like, I've got all these lemons, I need to make bars. That's how I sort of established community. And so looking for little ways that's like, okay, I'm gonna ding dong your bell and then I'm gonna step back so that you can open the door and get the snacks and we can talk from like 10 feet away with masks on, this is okay, right? Okay. Um, I'll or, give you dress in Encinitas, Allison. So yes. You know what? That would be a fantastic drive. Um, yeah. <laughs> take I'm, the time I'm to drive up and back. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm wondering why I didn't, uh, I didn't get any lemon bars. The <laughs> I'll get the next batch. The next batch will be a, a outside of the psychology department batch. <laughs> it's been great though, Allison, because then even when you're gone, we bring a little piece of you into our home. There you go. Yes. Right. It's been kind of, I mean, it's symbolic, but it's, it is, but it's, meaning. but it's something because it, it yeah. feels like a connection, right? So it feels like this is what I would do if I were on campus, I would run over to when you were in sciences there. I mean, we've been in pandemic since you changed your last position. So I don't know where you would be on campus when we <laughs> actually get back, but I will find you. Right. I don't, um, I don't actually have an office. <laughs> I know none of us do. It's so strange. <laughs> But I've also tried to look for community like within my family. So Jess, you mentioned kids. I know Emilio, you have kids. It's a whole nother level to try to keep them socially engaged when school was closed, when you're not supposed to, right? Like my four and a half year old breaks my heart. She's like, well, when the coronavirus is gone, we can have friends back over to play and we can hug again, right, mommy? Mm -hmm. I'm dying inside. Yes, we can hug again. I look forward to the day where we can hug again. Like that would be a great day. At the risk of being Pollyannish, I think yeah. that, that the, the there's a couple of things that Jess said, and one thing that I'll add that that I actually do think are are are, are kind of beneficial, and that, uh, um, you know, I built I I, I, I pre pandemic I had a real good sense for who I was, what I like to do, and what I'm com- comfortable with, and we've had to put that on its you know on its ear because uh, so I'm I what I used to say. I don't like being on the telephone. I'd rather see you in person or send a text. I just, I, I, I and, and this is probably why I'm a bad son, but I don't like to, don't like to make those phone calls. I've been forced to reconsider that about myself. And I think that, that I do like being on the phone now because I don't have the alternative. And I, do, and I have developed deeper relationships with people via telephone now. Um, as a result. So I, I think, so there's a, many examples of that in, in my life where, where you can say, I, 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 I'm this, but then I have, I've had to sort of walk that back a little bit. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm okay with that. Um, online teaching is one of them. Like I could never do that. Oh, I guess I have to. Um, <laughs> so said all of us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so said everyone. That's right. Yes. That's right. I think that's a great point. Emilio, I really do. I mean, even though you're concerned about sounding Pollyanna-ish or whatever, like there, there are some silver linings maybe to all of this. And part of it is, is what Jessica was saying earlier. It's, it's a clarifying moment in lots of ways when you, you know who you want to be around and, and who you want to connect with and what you need from other people and from colleagues and from friends. And then uh, if you bookend that against what you just said, Emilio, about like learning something about yourself as a result of the pandemic, um, Jessica knew how absolutely terrified I was about starting to teach uh, in Zoom. And 
man, she walked me through it and helped me out. And we laughed together and we've decided we're starting a blooper reel of our own, <laughs> you know, foibles within this, within the situation. So in some respects, those are silver linings and they're not just merely trying to put a rosy spin on something. They, we, we're entering a, a kind of extended moment of clarification and self-edification in, in important ways. And, um, and that's, I think, a good thing. Yeah, if I might, there's one really important one that I thought I'd share with you because Allison brought uh, uh, alluded to it, and that's the this sort of being at home with family. As I mentioned before, I have a a, a high schooler. Um, she is in her senior year of high school, and unfortunately for her, she can't go anywhere. She got her license last year, but can't really use it. Um, you know, she can't, uh, and she's stuck with us at home. But I have to admit. I'm grateful for that. You know, we wouldn't have had that otherwise. And um, and for myself, I, I, I sort of I always saw myself as not being a homebody, sort of the opposite. I'm restless. I need to be out. I need to go to the gym. I need to go for a run. I need to, you know, these things. And I have learned to be present with the family a lot more. And, and actually come to appreciate it on a much deeper level. I, I, I hope that I can hang on to that post-pandemic, um, uh, I, but that's may, maybe that's a personal goal for myself. I think that's great. Uh, Jessica, any final thoughts about this, this concept or potential of silver linings to all of this difficulty? I actually have two um, that I wanted to share. Um, the one is I've been zooming faculty into my class and teaching the intro to graduate studies class. And at first I was going to do that anyway in person, bring in faculty so they could meet the students. And, and now I realize that this is really um, an affordance of Zoom is that faculty from my, my colleagues on campus, but also beyond can come in for 15, 20 minutes or however long. And it's wonderful for the students, but it's also wonderful for me to get to hear my colleagues talk about their work um, and hear them teach a little bit, it's been so uplifting every Tuesday. So I, I actually think that's something I'm gonna keep with me is um, thinking more about co-teaching, collaborative teaching and ways to, um, to, uh, to do that both on Zoom and beyond. Another thing I, I can't, I can't as you know, co-founder, co-director of Digital Humanities neglect to say that one of the things that's a benefit of all of this is that it really makes clear that we, especially as humanists, have to think about the digital and have to take it seriously. And, and that this is an opportunity to model pedagogy and practices and tools and research and um, with our students and for our students. And that's been kind of exciting for me because I've been doing that work for years, but now it's just evident that it's important and, and, and important for for us as um, critical thinkers and humanists and people that care about humans to do that work. So, so I've been, so there's been the two aspects of it. Um, those two aspects for me that have been, I would say silver linings of sort. I think that's lovely. That's a, that's a, a really wonderful way to end um, this conversation that has not necessarily intended to focus on anything like nuts and bolts or strategies, but rather just to provide a forum to talk about some of the challenges and then also some of the ironic opportunities of, of what these uh, past few months have taught us. So Jessica, Emilio, thank you so much. We're really appreciative of your generosity of time 
and your generosity of spirit. Thank you so much. I appreciate getting to talk to all of you. So thank you. Yes, thanks. More from the Faculty Futures Labs, uh, we invite you to listen to our episodes on Apple Podcasts. And for more resources for faculty, visit fa.sdsu.edu.